This is Wendy Wick-Reeves, Curator of Prints and Drawings, and I'm pleased to have a few minutes to ask Shepard Ferry some questions about his original artwork of Barack Obama that we've just acquired for the National Portrait Gallery. Shepard, some of our visitors are going to be surprised, I think, that your original hope image of Obama is actually a very large, complex, and beautiful collage. And underneath that stenciled, iconic face that we all recognize are, are newspaper clippings and pattern papers. Could you tell us a little bit about those clippings? Some of those newspapers look really old, and those pattern papers, a lot of which seem to have the Obey insignia kind of embedded in them. And also, since all that detail isn't going to show up in reproduction, why did you bother making such a <laughs> complex and, and really that, that beautiful, elegant surface? Thanks. Well, with my art, I'm, um, I'm striving to create images that are iconic, but I also feel that everything that you produce as an artist is the result of a very, you know, complicated um, set of diverse experiences that all inform the eventual um, result. And I'm inspired by lots of different kinds of art. And uh, a lot of people know that I'm, I'm a street artist. And one of the things I really enjoyed about the street, putting work up on the street, was the textures that come with the surfaces on the street. Um, you put a poster up, it takes on the, the, surf, the texture of the bricks in the background. Eventually, someone else puts a poster over it that gets ripped. There are layers, there's chipped paint. And um, there's, a, there's a very organic, um, tactile quality to, to all the surfaces that I find very appealing. Um, I also love um, free association. Um, I love... Uh, pop art. I love Warhol's work, but I love Rauschenberg. I love that Rauschenberg would juxtapose things that would just conjure every viewer to come up with different interpretations. And, um, you know, I, I think there are those elements in, um, in my pieces. I, I create collages that are um, a combination of old wallpapers that I found that I like, patterns that I've printed myself that I've woven my own imagery into, but that it's, it's much more subtle. Um, and old newspaper clippings from, uh, I, I buy these old bound volumes of newspapers from, uh, a lot of times they're from the turn of the century to the 40s because all the great engraving illustrations were in the newspapers then. And I use some text that's relevant to the image and some that has nothing to do with the image. But um, a lot of what I've tried to communicate through my work through the years is um, that everything has multiple agendas and to be, um, that the viewer need, needs to, uh, to look at both the, uh, you know, the immediate read and the subtext. So that's uh, something that I'm tr putting across uh, both uh, you know, literally and metaphorically in the piece. Oh, that's fascinating. Um, there's considerable confusion in the press about the various versions of your image of Obama. And I know you've talked about how you actually love that concept of having sort of a, a single basic concept that spawns many slightly variant versions. But since we're going to be talking about this object for generations to come, we kind of want to be accurate. So can you give us sort of the chronological story of how you started with, I guess, the progress image and then 
move to the hope captioned image and then the Democratic Convention. And did you ever do one with the word change? I, I did do a version with the word change, but it wasn't of this exact portrait. Um, I'll, I'll give you uh, the most concise version I can of, of, of this journey. Um, I began with um, an illustration of Obama. I cut my initial illustrations out of Ruby Lith, which is a screen printing film. And I always have worked as a screen printer, so when I'm making images... I think about them in terms of flat color. So I did a three-layer Rubylith illustration, or actually four-layer, um, one for the dark blue, one for the red, and two shades in the light blue. And then I scan those into the computer and composite them and make whatever tweaks I want to make, and that's uh, how I come up with the composition of the poster. So it's a hand-done illustration then with... Um, composing digitally and I initially used the word progress with the uh, with the image that now most people know as the hope image um, and made some prints and put them up in Los Angeles and, re- and uh, made a free download for for the web and um, got some feedback from the Obama campaign about a week later saying we love the image but we we like the word we like the word hope and um, my my f- my suspicion is that progress is a slippery slope towards socialism in in their in their mind if they're being very trying to play it very safe and I can understand that so um, I was uh, at first I thought you know hope was um, maybe too much about thought and not enough about action but then I realized that without optimism people won't act so hope is the first step and I felt that it was significant and uh, and I was glad to change it to hope and I think that it um, you know, tied in with Obama's book, The Audacity of Hope. And that was the image that I um, then made most the, of the 300,000 posters that were made were of the Hope image. Um, I actually made the fine art pieces after making the original that was going to be screen printed um, and offset printed um, because... Initially, I was just trying to get the piece out as quickly as possible because the primaries were happening and every day wasted was, you know, another day that that, uh, would mean Hillary was probably on top. So um, I, um, you know, after the the image seemed to be getting um, a, a lot of a lot of traction, I was asked by the on uh entrepreneur Russell Simmons who founded Def Jam Records and he does um, Rush Arts for inner city schools in New York City uh, if I would make a fine art piece for him and um, he was willing to pay a lot of money for it and I was going and I used that money to make more posters and um, I also donated a second piece of that image to his Rush Arts Foundation which all the money went to his charity. Um, and I made a third piece, which is the piece that's here at the Smithsonian. So it's not an addition. It's the same stencil used three times, but the collage and various um, subtle stencil elements in all three pieces are different. So if you, if you put them side by side and squinted, they would look similar. But if you really looked at all of the of the mixed media elements they're um they're all different from each other so i saved a third one because i wanted to have a third one to 
show at events around you know around Obama um, uh, leading up to or post election if things went well and it couldn't have worked out any better. I'm so happy that it's here. <laughs> and so, what was shown during the Democratic convention? During the Democratic convention, I created a 10 by 14 foot. Um, backdrop for the stage at our at our event in our manifest hope event in denver and that piece is basically a um a slightly more refined street mural uh, of, of obama and it's not made with stencils it's um it's it's hand painted um xeroxes all tiled up um along with some smaller 18 by 24 screen prints that I that I make and I, I always um, created my screen prints to be modular so that I could gr- tile them up in a grid on the street and then put larger images over and the two could could work together and that's basically how I created that large canvas for Denver. Can you say just a little bit more about your relationship with the campaign? Sure. My relationship with the campaign um, really didn't start until after I had made the Obama image. Um, I initially wanted to make an Obama image, but I, I didn't want to do so without at least um, permission from the campaign, though I didn't have a relationship with anyone from the campaign. So my friend Yossi, who knew someone inside the campaign, said uh, Shepard Ferry would like to make a poster supporting Barack Obama, um, are you guys okay with that? And that was actually in October of 2007, and not until the second week of January 2008 did um, was permission granted, and um, I did the illustration that very night and had the poster in production the following day. Um, but I, I didn't want to be... I have a somewhat sordid past as a street artist, um, having been arrested, being, um, in, you know, in my opinion, uh, expressing my free speech and being a patriot because I'm sharing my ideas about how the country can be improved through my art. But um, you know, technically, some of it's illegal, and I didn't want to be—I didn't want to be a liability to the Obama campaign. But once I made the image and it caught on, the Obama campaign said. We can't use the image you've, you've created because we know that we can't control how you're disseminating it and it's not a photograph we have the rights to, but would you make another image for us? And, and so ultimately I did two images for them that I donated that were, uh, uh, one said change beneath it and the other said vote. Uh, with this ac- acquisition, we see free st- street art, if you will, converging with viable commercial art and fine art object donated to a national museum. And you've said you see all of those components as as one piece, one process. Could you tell us how you would like to see this piece interpreted at the National Portrait Gallery? And to take it just one step further, what does this say about the broader world of art and design and those disparate elements, all of which you've participated in? Well, I have been drawing since I was a little kid, um, but I never... um, really thought about the dynamics of the fine art world versus the commercial art world versus the illustration world and um, until until I uh, um, got a little bit older went to art school and um, I'm very stubborn and I thought well 
I want to do all of it. <laughs> and um, really, I, I think that for most people, becoming a, a painter, a fine artist, is, is very unrealistic. Um, there's a very, very small percentage of people who can pull that off as a career. So my thought was, I, you know, I want to make posters, T-shirts, do album packaging for people, make skateboard graphics, and do my own, my own street art and um, bypass uh, getting uh, a gallery to grant me permission to put my work on their walls and take my work straight to the people. But, um, you know, also be able to express myself the way I want as a fine artist. So there are a lot of different things that I care about that are, you know, converging in the way that I work. Um, I'm a populist. I'm trying to reach as many people as possible. I love the, the, um, the concept in fine art of making a masterpiece, something that will endure. But I also understand how um, short the attention span of most consumers is and that you really need to work with the metabolism of consumer culture a lot of times to make something relevant within the zeitgeist. So um, what I hope people take away from, from my image if they care to look at my history is that um, an artist can be multidimensional. They can fuse a lot of different things they care about into um, what they do every day. And, um, you know, it, it's, uh, it's not necessary to paint yourself into a corner um, with, with categories. Well, I think you have created a masterpiece in this work, and we're really thrilled to have it at the Portrait Gallery. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm really honored to be in the Portrait Gallery.